Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? to Believe in FSU Football Podcast. This is your host, Robbie Bagnardi, and we beat Miami because that's what's important because I love watching FSU football win. I love watching Miami football lose, and when those two things happen on the same day, same place, same time, one location... It's a great day. And last Saturday was a great day because we beat Miami 31-28. to um, A great game. Wonderful entertainment value. Well-deserving of the 330 slot on ESPN. It was a great watch. Um, you know, FSU goes up early. Miami comes back. Didn't love that part. And then eventually FSU rallies, comes back, and wins the game as we should. Um... We really dominated that game. Uh, I mean, we we were the better team the whole day. Miami with a ton of penalties, 14 for 105 yards. We had the ball 36 minutes to their almost 24. We had 24 first downs for 434 total yards. Miami had 18 for 359. They also turned the ball over three times. That was on... Uh, back-to-back-to-back possessions. There was the Jamie Robinson takeaway, literally, where he took the ball away from the receiver interception. Morion Cooper had a pl- played a great game. I'll get to him later. Um, he had an interception, true freshman with his second of the year. He also had one against Clemson. And Jermaine Johnson forcing a fumble in the midst of what was an absolutely unreal, insane day for him. Like, just, he was the ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week. Um, he was the Ben Derrick Award Player of the Week. Three sacks, forced fumble, five tackles for loss. Dude was absolutely out of his mind against Miami on Saturday. That was an unreal performance. Jermaine Johnson is a first-rounder and is going to be a, a big point in the pivot for this program going forward. So, huge day by him. Also, big day, Jordan Travis. 18 for 26, 274, 62 rush yards, and two touchdowns on the ground, including the game-winning QB sneak. The 4th and 14 play, massive. Like, great play to just great play, man. I love I've watched it over and over and over again. Jeez, he, you know, gets a snap, drops back, hangs in the pocket, boom, rifles a strike over the middle of Parchment. Parchment takes it inside the one for time purposes. Um, it helped that we did not score a touchdown on that catch. But what a huge conversion. JT to AP in the clutch, 13-7. To make it thirty-one to twenty-eight. Also, big time run on the two-point conversion that was important as well. He was good all day. Left the game one point. 
Oh, went back to the locker room, then went to the tent. He's having some issues with his right elbow. But uh, he came back out firing strikes, throwing BBs, seeds all around the field. Big day for JT, career high in passing yards, career high in total yards. Uh, it was 336 total. Big time performance and a big time game for him, man. Nice to see. Nice to see him play well and, and moving forward. Hopefully that's something he can build on. Boston College game's gonna be big this weekend. Need to win it to get continue the quest for bowl eligibility. Have more on that game later. Um BC's formidable foe. Going to Boston at the end of the season is gonna be cold. Noon game. Make gotta make sure we have that energy up and ready to go, but definitely a winnable game. Um but I'll get to I'll get to that later. Focusing on the Miami game. Miami the lucky touchdown. <sighs> that was so stupid. Just unbelievably frustrating to watch that happen. But it's whatever. We played pretty well in defense throughout the day. Miami had 23 rushing attempts for 43 yards. 1.9 yards per carry. We shut them down on the ground. Also, we had three sacks. Solo effort by Jermaine Johnson in that department. He also had five of our six tackles for loss on the day. So he was just an absolute wrecking ball. But 20, 23 carries for 43 yards on the day, that's really good. Like, we were good on defense. We stopped the run. We ran. We rushed the passer. But also, like, we didn't play bad in the pass game. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, 25 for 47. It's almost it's like a shade over 50%. For only 316, he also threw two interceptions, and there was the fumble. And, you know, the touchdown, the lucky touchdown as well. It's like he wasn't that great. Like, yeah, he threw for over 300 yards, but he was super inefficient, and he turned the ball over. So we we really held them in check. Um, I think that's kind of going to be the blueprint again this week against Boston College. Uh, Phil Drakovic's back. He's a really good quarterback. Kind of the engine that makes them run. They were 4-4 four and four before he came back. BC started the season 4-0. And lost four straight, and they won two straight. And back into the Boston College talk, it's tough not to look ahead. Uh, big game for the Knowles as far as just staying bowl eligible. But the Miami game, Miami fans are hilarious too. Just they're so so hurt over this loss. Their team's dog water. Um, their athletic department's in turmoil. They fired their AD. Manny Diaz looks like he could be like a lame duck, essentially. The rumors are swirling. Lane Kiffin's name has been thrown in the mix. Miami fans want Mario Cristobal. There's a lot of things happening there. Um, So kind of hilarious that us beating them just kind of sent their program spinning. Uh, That's funny to me. That's really, really funny to me. Like just... Miami, being Miami, freaking out. I think it's kind of hilarious. Manny Diaz hasn't even been the head coach there that long. Like, you could give him a couple more years. I wouldn't be opposed to a couple more years of Miami under Manny Diaz and whatever his, you know, recruiting strategy is. 
and saying that they're going to compete for championships while they go five and five or six and well probably you know, like they might they might make it seven and five they'll probably be like six and six but yeah that's that's cool I'd be fine with another couple of years of Manny Diaz um, Lane Kiffin in Miami would be just unbelievably obnoxious. Be it, it would be a circus. Like you would not be able to take your eyes off of it. There would definitely be a lot of entertainment value there. Like him in Ole Miss is cool, but like him at Miami would be a spectacle to to say the least. But you know, here in Tallahassee, I think we have our coach Mike Norvell, and I think that that Miami game and like as resilient as this team has been has shown us that all year long. You know, we're only four and six. It doesn't look great. We have to win two straight games just to be bowl eligible. But we've been in most of our games this year. You know, the Jacksonville State Hail Mary, the ending of the, the Notre Dame game. Then there was the we're driving against Louisville in the pick. Not Like, we would have had to score eight points just to tie there, but – you know, we were in the Clemson game all the way. I think if Jordan Travis plays against NC State, that's a different story, but that's a big what if. But we weren't necessarily out of that game, even though it ended up being two scores. Just we haven't gotten, like, thoroughly dominated by the other team that we're playing a whole lot. Wake Forest beat us pretty good, but they've proven to be a pretty impressive team in their own right. But this team's been really resilient. They've fought hard. They seem to find a way to keep themselves in game. They're they're a scrappy bunch. And, you know, that results in wins in rivalry games like this, especially when you're the more disciplined team. Uh, I know we had eight penalties for 60-some-odd yards. And then Miami, like I mentioned, the just insane 14 for 405, just undisciplined, you know. That's just undisciplined. Like, it's just not not good. But it would have been nice had we been able to put that game away. We went up 17-0, the, th- the three straight turnovers. We only got seven points off of turnovers. Gotta have a higher conversion number there. I think that's probably why we weren't able to really put this game away in the first half. To only get seven on three consecutive turnovers. Like I feel like ten, like even ten would not be a lot, but I feel like you at least have to come away with two scores. You gotta you gotta get a score out of two or three turnovers. That's a lot of turnovers. That's how you put that game away. Like you know, three more points is three more points, but we ended up winning by three points. And we needed a last second touchdown and two two point conversion to get there, so Obviously, Fitzgerald missed one of the field goals. He did did well on the day. He made the kicks he's supposed to make. He went three for four. The only one he missed was from 52. That's a tough kick. Don't act like you could make it. That's a tough kick. So three for four on the day, I'll take it. But offense has got to do more to get us in scoring position, into the red zone, you know, and then convert those those turnovers into points because that's really where you put other teams away when your defense is performing well and and taking the ball away from your opponent. Just that was the one thing that I felt like like we really had a chance for this game to be a blowout. We were dominating in the first half, playing really good on defense. 
And then there were just some things that allowed Miami to kind of climb back into the game and they take the lead. But like I said, great game for entertainment value. Definitely going to be a, another noteworthy addition in the rivalry and the tradition of the rivalry, even though both teams weren't great this year. It was a really fun watch. It was a great game. Maybe not the most disciplined or technically sound, but who cares? It was good television, and FSU gets out with the win, so I'll, I'll take that all day, every day. But really impressed by our effort. Um, I talked about the defensive backfield and making the swap of Morgan Cooper for Jerry and Jones, and... I feel like a genius because that was a really good call because Morgan Cooper had an interception four pass breakups in his first start. So, you know, that's, that's that's not bad. You know, four passes defended an interception. It's a really good day for a true freshman in his, in his first start against what's technically his hometown team. He's from Lehigh Acres, South Florida. But big-time performance by him, man. He looks like a really good corner. I expect us to just see him and Jarvis the rest of the way the corner spots. Jamie Robinson at the nickel and playing safety. Feel pretty good about that defensive backfield. Um, not too sure who they'll use as the other safety. They've got a few options. Uh, Renardo Green's supposed to be healthy now or soon. So we'll see how that goes. But moving to the uh, front seven, back to Jermaine Johnson being an absolute beast and, and freak of nature and just a godsend to this program. Uh, most tackles for loss in the history of the rivalry with five. And also, the first five tackle for loss game by an FSU player since Bjorn Werner against Murray State. That was a long time ago. Gordon Werner's like not even in the league in the NFL anymore. It's been a minute. In addition to that, FSU has interceptions in six straight games. This is the longest consecutive interception streak for FSU since 2014. FYI, that 2014 team was good. It went. 13-0 before losing in the college, inaugural college football playoff to a pretty solid Oregon team. So that was not a bad at all 2014 team. But FSU just converting. We were 6-for-6 six six in the red zone. Not all touchdowns, but when we got in the red zone, we got points. That's big. When we get in that area of the field, we score. I'd like to see us score more touchdowns. Had to settle for three short field goals. That's not really ideal. But it is what it is. We put points on the board and we converted our red zone trips. Um, we've actually gotten points on 26 straight red zone trips. So that's We've been consistently, you know, that speaks to our kicking game, at least being good in the short yardage, making sure that we get make the kicks that we're supposed to make. And then our offense, you know, just generally converting in the red zone. I'd like to see more red zone trips. But converting the red zone and then, you know, the next step is kind of getting touchdowns instead of field goals, not settling, scoring six every time you go down there and really, really putting teams away. I um, think that's the next step, but you like to see those positive steps 
and and progress indicators of good things. So just things to keep your eye on. Um, obviously, the 4th and 14 was, you know, integral to the uh, 26th of the 26 consecutive red zone scores. What a just what a huge play that was, man. That was the game right there. That was the game. And JT stepped up and came up clutch. Offensive line came I've never seen Robert Scott get so deep into a pass rush rep so quickly. That was great athleticism by him. It's a really good rep. If you go watch it back, run that film back. Um, Parchment, good route, right place, right time, makes the catch. JT, you know, drops back, calm, cool, collected. Steps up, boom, fires a strike. Big time throw. That's, that's you know, rivalries like that. In close games, that's where legends get made. That's a big time throw from Jordan Travis. You can question the arm all you want. Then the, um, I like the QB sneak. I like the call of it again and again. Thought that that was solid. I agreed with that. Then the cute quarterback draw and the two-point conversion. I like that call as well. That was Those were big points to get. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the, the lucky touchdown that Miami got. That's really the only reason that they stayed in the game that long. They may have well, you know, scored a touchdown on that drive, but it's easy to look at that and the happenstance behind it and go, oh, well, what if they didn't get this? So. Even if they settle for, you know, three instead of seven, it still helps at the end of the day. You know, that's that's three more points. But FSU defense is generally pretty good. Mentioned the rush stats, uh, Van Dyke's passing inefficiency, the forced turnovers, lucky touchdown. Defense played really, really well. You know, I was really happy to see that unit perform well. But with all that said, great, great game. Great watch. Super fun. FSU comes out with the victory. That's great. Jordan Travis making big throws, big plays down the stretch. But uh, on to Boston College. It's the next game to go. Knowles have to win in order to maintain bowl eligibility. So trying to move to 5-6 and six this week against the 6-4 and four Eagles. This game's going to be at noon on ACC Network. Boston College is only favored by one and a half, so probably a pretty close game. It's probably a good bet with the way that uh, FSU games have gone this year, just all generally really close. They just they look similar. But Boston College game, over under 55. Uh, it's going to be cold. I'm actually going to the game this weekend. I'm excited for it. Haven't been to a game in Alumni Stadium before, but it's going to be cold and it's going to be a noon game. And those things concern me a little bit because our team is from the south, from Florida and Georgia and Louisiana and Mississippi and places that are not cold. And Boston is a place that is cold. It's going to be really cold this weekend. 
So I'm really curious to see how those things, those two things mesh well. And hopefully that does not uh, definitively negatively affect us. That we wear warm clothes and bring space heaters and, and stay warm. I hope we do those things that are important. Phil Jerkovic's back for the Eagles. That's not great for FSU. Definitely going to put more stress on our pass defense. So don't love that for the Knowles. Um, Jerkovic's a good quarterback. Kind of the reason that I was high on Boston College coming into the year. He had a really good year last year. He threw for like 37 touchdowns, I think. Something like that. So pretty productive. Jeff Halfley's offense has been good for Boston College. So not super enthusiastic to see Jerkovic come back and play against FSU's interesting secondary that I feel like I see making more jokes about. I don't even know. I just... Morgan Cooper's played really well. Jarvis Brownlee's been generally pretty good. So I, I don't... I don't feel like we're overmatched, but we gotta, we're got we going to have to step up again this week. No way around that. But, you know, it's a solid Boston College team. Uh, FSU is averaging 28.4 game, Boston College 26. Uh, FSU gives up on average, though, 27. Boston College only 19.4. Um, I was looking at some of the yard per game totals. FSU outgains Boston College 384 to 370. Um, BC throws for like 10 more yards a game that at 205, FSU's at 196. Um, you know, then rush yards, FSU at 187, BC at 165. But what did catch my eye is that BC gives up 175.8 rush yards per game. FSU runs the ball for about 187. So Boston College, not a particularly great run defense. FSU, pretty good running team. The pass defense for BC is pretty stingy. They only give up 159.5 per game. But run seems like it might be there. Like we can create some holes and get some push in, in the run game and use that, you know, really stick to our strengths to win this game. Um, I expect it to be another close one. I think Boston College objectively is probably a little bit of a, a better team, especially with Dracovic back. But this is definitely a team that we can beat. You know, we're capable of, of playing better than this team on any given Saturday. So I feel good about our chances to win, but I don't expect much of anything. You know, just expect a close, hard-fought game. And, you know, that's consistently what this team produces. So I think that's a relatively reasonable expectation. Like I talked about with Boston College, they won two straight games, um, won four, lost four, won two. Hopefully we can stop this streak at two and get out of there with a victory and then try to go obtain bowl eligibility in the Swamp the weekend after Thanksgiving, game per usual at noon. But two noon games in a row, too, that sucks. Not a fan of that at all. Don't like noon kicks. Absolutely hate noon kicks. They're the worst. It's just it's too early for it's too early for football. At the end of the day, 
the friggin' the morning the like nine or ten a.m. kicks for when the NFL goes to London are the absolute worst. Should not do that. We should not allow that. So dumb. People who wake up to watch the Premier League like eight a.m. It's dedication right there. I could never do that. Somebody was like, "Yeah, FSU's playing at eight a.m. this week." I was like, well, "I guess I will catch the highlights while I sleep." So, not a fan of noon kicks. I'm more of a wake up at noon type of person. So, not a fan of noon kicks at all. But nonetheless, um, ESPN doesn't really care about what I think. Um, probably for good reason. You know, they're a multi million dollar sports media conglomerate, and I'm a dude the microphone making a podcast so don't think that uh espn is too concerned with what i have to say about their um tv schedule but fsu with the noon game on acc network that kind of sucks it's like getting put in the basement on the well not really just not an ideal kick time or tv provider espn Hasn't made ACC Network like a standard thing like SEC Network is. I don't really want the SEC Network. Don't care about the SEC. Rather watch the ACC. But ESPN does not care about those things, nor do cable providers. So get ACC Network wherever you watch it so you can watch this noon kick in Boston. It'll probably be a lovely day, but it's going to be cold. I'm not looking forward to it. But I am looking forward to a potential FSU road victory because I think that it's very possible. And it'd be nice to drive us a little bit closer to bowl eligibility. Hopefully we get a cool bowl game at 6-6. Six and six. That sounds like a pipe dream. But alas, as always... It's been your host, Robbie Bagnardi, for Believe in FSU Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to this one. Peace out. Go Knowles. Thank you for listening to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.